welcome back to another episode of International Immersion, a podcast that seeks to capture the combined experiences of people, places, culture, traveling, current events, living abroad, and much, much more. For today's episode, I want to reach out and delve into a new topic, one of which has erupted very recently and is very heart-wrenching to watch, but at the same time does potentially offer hope for the people of Iran out of a tragic circumstance that happened just toward the end of last month in September 2022. Currently, Iran is facing some of the most, I would say, intense protests since the 2019 protests over fuel prices and economic matters that we saw several years ago. And so one can ask, what caused the situation? Well, it's one that I think a lot of people can relate to and sympathize with. So on September 13th, a young 22-year-old Kurdish girl living in Iran, an Iranian citizen named Mas Amini, was arrested by the morality police in Iran. Because in Iran, they have a branch of the police called the morality police, which are responsible for ensuring people maintain Islamic dress standards and specifically making sure that women adhere to Islamic principles and dress standards uh, that are set in law in Iran. So she was arrested on September 13th. Three days later, she was dead. It was later confirmed that she had been beaten and she was taken to hospital where she went into a coma and died shortly after. The state's official memo was that she had died of natural causes from heart failure, but it's pretty obvious that she was the victim of abuse and a horrible beating while in police custody. So, as a result, this has caused a spark of protests all over Iran, which unfortunately have turned very violent as the security forces and the police have used lethal force, and as of today, more than 150 protesters have been killed, and they have basically put under siege one of the most affluent universities in Tehran, and there was some absolutely horrifying footage that came out of them corralling and forcibly removing protesters, and in some cases even shooting them, which was, um, let's just say, very difficult to watch, and just shows a tremendous amount of inhumanity. But delving deeper into this topic, this is not something that just came out of nowhere. While yes, this event was sparked by a very tragic circumstance, this event, and specifically the protests, are primarily being carried out by younger Iranians, Gen Z and Millennials, because there are a number of factors that are culminating to this. So one would be years of repression. The Iranian people have been under the current government since 1978, 44 years, and it's created a lot of animosity, bitterness, and the control on daily activities and lack lacking of basic freedoms and many other things have been a huge factor which are boiling over now. There were previous protests in 2009 over election election results and then 2019 over fuel prices tied to the economy, but in many cases the younger generations are realizing that there's very little opportunities for them left given the sanctions and other economic situ 
situations present in the country. And they're more progressive. Iran is more of a progressive society. I've known many Iranians, and the style of government they have in many ways does not suit a lot of the elements that make up their society. While I'm not going to speak for, for all Iranians, that is what I have known from my own experiences with Iranians and from seeing many things and learning a bit about Iranian culture and history. And the other thing is, you know, the plight of women. Women are fed up. They, from talking to several Iranian women, they want change. They want more control over their own bodies and what they do and how they prosecute their lives. They're pretty basic things that many countries like the United States or Europe or, or others, women take for granted and people in general take for granted. They are fed up. They want, you know, more of the ability to prosecute and lead the lives they want without fear, without repression, without the horrible, you know, circumstances that they're facing right now. So what do we, what do these protests, you know, encompass? Well, there have been huge street protests. Women have been tearing off their hijabs, burning them in the middle of the street. You've had also have women cutting their hair, which is also forbidden. And then as a result, the state has initiated a violent crackdown on these people and the death toll keeps rising by the day. And it looks like a war zone coming out of many parts of Iran where footage is being leaked. The Iranian government has shut down the internet, so they've tried to control the amount of information coming out of the country, which to an extent has worked, but information is still getting out. And I'm, I've talked to some people inside of Iran and talking to them and hearing what they've had to say and what they've experienced is just, you know, it's just agonizing because it's hard to believe you're talking with someone who's experiencing some of these things or they're witnessing violent acts or who they themselves have been affected personally, both mentally and physically. But unlike previous protests, the one thing that has set this apart is that this is across all spectrums of Iranian society. Previous protests were more specifically tied to certain economic groups or social uh, social groups. But this is united Iranians of you know rich, poor, young, old, the different minorities, whether they're Iranian, Turkish, Kurdish, whatever it may be, everyone is protesting to an extent. And I think in many cases, this is the culmination of how the regime in Iran has, I mean, you know, held itself and people are fed up. And that anger, animosity, and frustration is just ebbing out onto the street. I mean, people are being killed, people are being suppressed, but it's not stopping. The protests are only growing larger, and there's more and more voices and people trying to, you know, share this and show the world what's really going on. That's one reason why I'm doing this podcast today is I've talked to several Iranians that I know, and they begged me to raise this issue on, on the podcast and talk about what's going on and generate more interest and more wider knowledge of what's going on there. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of people shy away from bad news or other things, but this is what's really going on. These people don't deserve this. You know, I'm not going to take sides on what's right, what's wrong in this situation, but, you know, the people of a country have a right to prosecute and, you know, a way to, their governments should represent them, support them, and provide for them. And that's not happening in Iran. And that's very clear and evident to see. In particular, I have 
one person that I've been talking to, which of course I cannot name for their, their protection, but they've been telling me specifically a lot of the situations that they've witnessed and just recently the situation at the University in Tehran, which has been put under siege and a lot of violent crackdowns and the students being corralled or being prevented from leaving. Uh, she's made me aware of more things going on there. And the more I've talked with her, the scarier it is and the more gut-wrenching, to say the least, it is. In, partic in particular, there's something that they wanted to sh me to share, which expresses, I think, the plight of women there, and in many cases, just the general mood among many people, and specifically from one person's point of view. And it's very interesting, but they put together a little work called Imagine a World Where Wind Blowing Your Hair is a Crime. And it reads as follows. In this world, you are not allowed to dance, to sing, and you are punished for being happy. When your marriage isn't healthy, you have to suck it up, because as a woman, you cannot initiate a divorce. In this dark world, many times you find yourself worth half that of a man. This might sound surreal, but it is the reality for women living in Iran. Following the death of Masa Amini, a 22-year-old woman who was killed by the morality police for not properly wearing her hijab, set by the rules of the Islamic government, people have risen up to demand their freedom and their human rights. In response, the Islamic government has responded with violence and has shut down access to the internet across the country to try to prevent the world from seeing the, the extent of their crimes against the protesters. Meanwhile, they are killing protesters, arresting people, and trying to make us understand that they didn't kill Masa. But you just caught a glimpse of Iran's perennial problem. You need to know that it has been 44 years that Iranian people have lived with this terror. They have been ignoring human rights from the very first day they took power after the revolution in 1978. Although there are many political parties associated with the movement, the Islamic ones discreetly manipulated the majority of the population in order to seize victory. And subsequently, they executed heads of other parties and eliminated whole other organizations to maintain power. They are known as Islamic extremists, but by contrast, the elites have not chosen to live Islamic lifestyles for themselves or for their families for that matter. Having such double standards has also been a serious motive for such massive hatred and enmity among the population. For example, Ms. Masum Ebekter's son has been living in the United States for many years, the very woman who invaded the embassy of the United States, which subsequently led to some of the most brutal sanctions by the United States on Iran. But at the end of the day, it's the people of Iran who are the main and only victims of that, and not the government elites and upper class of Iran. Interestingly, an article by the New York Times has demonstrated how the worth of Iranian billionaires, primarily political individuals involved in the regime, and primarily men, has been rising while the rest of the world has been struggling with COVID, along with the people of Iran, with the terrible outbreaks that happened in the past two years. What's more, poverty is another reason people have been rising up and demanding change because they have had very little opportunity to economically support themselves and just enable new opportunities in an economy that's struggling. Basically, at the end of the day, youth have nothing to lose. It's all doom and gloom. 
They see no prospect, just relentless problems that are never addressed. All in all, it has been recurrent protests and demonstrations throughout all these 44 years. Will this time be the last one? And these are the words of this individual in demonstrating the plight of the people in Iran and coming from their own words and their own perspectives and thoughts of the situation in Iran both past, present, and now, given the current state of affairs there. I must say it's quite humbling at the same time tragic to hear that, that an entire generation feels that they have no opportunities and no future because of the system in place and lack thereof of opportunities and options. I know for myself I couldn't imagine living, living like that, nor getting up every morning and thinking my life is worthless or my life has no meaning because I can't prosecute it to the best of my ability or am constantly living in fear that I might do something that may get me arrested or penalized in some way. It really makes you appreciative if you live in a country where you have rights, where those are, rights are respected and you have personal freedoms that you can do every day and not worry about consequences. I know living in the United States, things like this have made what I enjoy here that much more sacred, I think, well-respected, something I think many people in many countries should take more interest in and also not take for granted. But at the end of the day, my heart goes out to the people of Iran, and specifically through the words encapsulated from this person to demonstrate the absolute horror going on there now, and who knows what might happen in the near future, because... Unfortunately, I don't think this is going to end anytime soon, but I think as outsiders, what we can do is try to support them in any way we can, because at the end of the day, it's their country, and they should be able to dictate and set their own course for their future, and have a government that represents them in a way they feel adequate and allows them as a people to move forward and develop, and not be so cut off from the rest of the world as they have been in the last nearly four and a half decades because of the goals, initiatives, and methods of their current government. I appreciate everyone for tuning in for this podcast. It's been something that I feel very passionate about and feel necessary to share and want to spread spread awareness. And the people that I've been in contact with from, from Iran, they've only entrenched my desire and my determination to share what's going on there so people can understand and better assist the people of Iran at, to, at the end of the day, achieve what they want. If you're interested in learning more about Iran, check out different news sources, um, keep an eye on, stay alert, and if you know anyone or anyone who has connections with Iran, reach out to them, see what you can do, see what they have. If they have stories, they have situations, please share them. The more information we have, the better, and the more hope we can provide people there to get through this dark time. With that, this has been another episode of International Immersion Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. We always appreciate everyone who tunes in. We're always open to new stories, new ideas. Feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And if you, if you want to be a guest or want to join us for an episode, send us an email, internationalimmersionpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to know what you have to offer and what to say. And with that, take care. And with all the things going on in the world right now, let us hope for a better future. With that, this has been another episode of International Immersion. 
and we will see you on the next one.